My name is Pastor William. I'm happy to be bringing the Word of God this morning. What will you do when you know God has called you to perform a great task? But you are living on a daily pressure from others who don't like what you are doing for God. They are doing everything possible now only to stop you from doing God's work, but also to destroy your life. In this passage this morning, we come to what can be considered a critical period in Jesus' ministry. From this passage, Jesus shows us how we can live on daily pressure from others, yet maintain our focus in fulfilling what God has called us to do. So please turn with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, and we are going to read from verse 5 to verse 19. The mean text is 17 to 19, but I just want us to go two verses above that. And this is the powerful word of God. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at their their hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched out, stretched out, his hand was restored. The Pharisee went out and immediately began conspiring with the Herodian against him as to how they might destroy him. Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, and also from, Jeru- from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Edomia, and beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard of all that he was doing, and came to him. And he said to his disciple, and he told his disciple that a boat should stand ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crowd him. For he had healed many, with the result that all those who had afflictions pressed around him in order to touch him. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, you are the son of God. And he honestly warned them not to tell who he was. Verse 13, and he went up the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted 
and they came to him. And he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he would send them out to preach and that they will have and have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Banagers, which means sons of thunder, thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and, Th and Thomas and James the son of Aphias and Thaddeus and Simon the Zealot and Judah Ascara who betray him. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word. What will you have us to learn from this passage, Father? Please impress the truth to our hearts that we, O oh God, will be changed. Dear Jesus, to be like you and to do your will the way you want us to do it. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Jesus. was among these people, the Pharisees and the scribes. The Pharisees and the scribes, they hated Jesus from what you heard from the reading. But the crowds follow him. They hated Jesus, but the crowd follow him. Since the beginning of his ministry, the Pharisees and scribes have been displeased with Jesus, especially with the popularity of Jesus with the crowds. And I've been trying to stop him. First, the question about his disciples about picking hairs of grain on the Sabbath. And now they are upset that Jesus healed a man's hand on the Sabbath. The Pharisee went out immediately began conspiring with the Herodians against him as to how they might destroy him. Knowing this, Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples. Now the question is, why did Jesus withdraw? Was he afraid of them? He wasn't afraid of the Pharisees. But why didn't he confront them head on? Why didn't he put up a fight? Jesus determined that the tax ahead of him was far greater than to waste his time arguing with the Pharisees, with the authority. So in this case, Jesus exercised good judgment. Jesus exercised wisdom. He withdrew rather than to put up a fight to confront them. And when he did, the crowds came to him. And they came from many places. A great multitude from, from, from Galilee followed him and also from Judea 
And all of these places, a great crowd of people heard of all that he was doing, and they came to him. Now he could minister to them, healing the sick, as multitudes of sick people were coming to him for healing. He healed them as they came, because he had compassion on them. So which was greater? Which was wise or wiser to stay in the synagogue and confront the authority or to withdraw and have the people come to him so that he could minister to them? The people were not accessible to Jesus. Now he was available to them. He could not serve them in, in, in practical ways. There is nothing like a minister being available to his people beyond the walls of the church. They came and he ministered to them. He got to know them at a deeper level and therefore he could minister more effectively to, to these people. And I think there's a lesson for us. To be there when the people need us. We can do, do, do that through pastoral calls or pastoral visits. Jesus was with them and he served them. And not only did they come, but it said they came and demons were manifested. Demons show up. Demons have been showing up since Jesus started. Remember? The devil took him to the wilderness as soon as he started his public ministry, after his baptism. And ever since where he showed face, demons have, have shown up. But all authority has been given to Jesus. They recognized him and he cast them out. They bow to the supreme authority of Jesus and they obey his orders. All authority have been given to Jesus from the Father. And Jesus set the people free who were demon possessed. Although Jesus moved with, was moved with compassion to heal the sick, and he knew that they came. He also knew that he came for a greater purpose. He had a greater mission than just performing miracles of healing and casting of demons. And I think we too should be able to know what our main calling is. We may get distracted or involved in other good ministries, but know what God has called you for mainly. And in this case, Jesus kept his priority in focus. He kept his priority in focus. His priority was to preach the good news. In Mark 16, Mark chapter 1, verse 36, Simon Peter and, and, and the companions, his companions were seeking Jesus. Everywhere they were looking for Jesus. And when they formed him, they said to him, 
everyone is looking for you. The whole city had gathered at the door of Jesus. And Jesus said to them, let us go somewhere else to other towns nearby so I may preach I may preach there also, for this is why I came. I came to preach the good news. Yes, healing, casting out demons, as good as they may be, I came to preach. I came to preach. His, his ministry priority of preaching were foremost on his mind, the gospel. So he made a disciples, got, they got a boat ready, and he got into the boat in order to preach to the crowd. He chose 12 men, 12 disciples, to help him in his own undertaking. He chose 12 disciples for three reasons. He came up on a mountain, and before he called, he prayed all night. Pray all night to God before choosing the disciples. And the question for you and myself this morning, how often do we pray before making a very, very important ministry decision. This is God is son. But he spent all night before the Father praying, before choosing his disciples. Do we pray to God before making major decisions? The Bible says, in all your way, acknowledge him. Lay down on your own understanding, and he will direct your path. Jesus prayed all night, seeking the Father's will, as you were about to select his disciples. I pray, yeah, we are smart people. We got degrees, but God, could be different from us, from ours. Let not our purposes be in conflict with the purpose God had for us. And if we seek his will, he will direct us. Uh, he called them for three reasons. That they might be with him. The emphasis here is on is that of relationship that they might be with him. One commentator wrote, a preacher will only be useful to Jesus to the extent that he has been with Jesus. There is, a, there is little done for eternal good for, by those who preach without having a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus called them to be with him, spend quality time with him. How much time do we spend in the presence of Jesus? How often 
Are we in fellowship with Jesus? You remember the two sisters, Lazarus' sisters? Jesus went to visit them. And oh, Master, she was busy cooking, busy doing other things in the kitchen. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are preoccupied with a lot of things. But the main thing, yeah, Mary has been sitting in my presence. And he commanded, he commanded Mary. I we cry out doing a lot of things by spending time with Jesus. Jesus commanded Mary for spending time, quality time in his presence. I love the song we usually sing at Easter. I come to the garden alone. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. And the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me and talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Be still in the presence of Christ. My, my, high, uh, my college sweetheart, Gloria Jao, <laughs> and now my wife, we went to a Christian college uh, in Liberia. And they have a beautiful garden. If you do not even want to pray, going through that garden, you have to sit. And students will go there, fishing. One side facing a beautiful garden, the other side they align the ocean. And people will go there and pray and spend time with Jesus. I just pray that in our basic schedule, we are taking time, we are spending time with Jesus. He called the disciples so that they might be with him. You know, people will tell if we are spending time with Jesus. They will tell if you're having quality time with Jesus because they knew the disciples and they said they knew that they have been with Jesus. It will tell in our ministry effectiveness. And it will also tell in our relationship with people if we are being with Jesus. Not only did he call them that they might be with him, but he, that, he, that he might send them out to preach. That he might send them out to preach. Not only did he choose them to, to be with him, but that he might send them out to preach. Our relationship with Jesus will naturally lead to effective preaching or sharing the gospel. Not everybody called to preach, but we are all called to share the gospel. Amen? Amen. Go ye therefore into the world and make disciples. I believe a joyous moment in a Christian life is to recount the time 
he met Jesus, and Jesus changed his life. There's nothing thrilling and fulfilling than to go back to that moment where you meet Jesus, where you met him and he changed your life. And I think people should be given opportunity and be, and be somehow empowered to experience the joy of recounting their salvation experience and telling it to people. Andrew Crouch wrote a beautiful song, Take Me Back. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, to the place where I first met you. Take me back, take me back, dear Lord, where I first believed. It's important. That recollection will motivate you to share the gospel with lost people. I've been here at Crossroad for a long time, and many Liberians have come and gone in these years. Most of the people that come here, uh, uh, well, I'm not young anymore. <laughs> Many of the Liberians that come here have, have been people who I grew up with, who saw my life before I met Jesus. And what I did when I met Jesus, he changed my life. I began to witness to them, because these are people that went to high school with me, went to uh, elementary school with me. I went back to them. They saw the change in my life. And you see them over the years, they've been coming here. Our salvation experience, recounting it, should motivate us to tell other people about Jesus. Jesus chose his disciples as they, that they might be with him. He chose his disciples that he might send them out to preach. And thirdly, he, that they might have authority over demons, to cast out demons. The Jesus have authority over demons? Yes, he did. Did his disciples did? Yes, they did. The Bible tells that demons are fallen angels who joined Satan in his rebellion against God and who were defeated and cast out of heaven along with Satan. If you read Revelation 12, 7 to 9, we'll tell you, and and there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. The dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough. And there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown, thrown down the serpent of all who is, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth. And his angels were thrown down with him. Demons. Demons continue to serve Satan in this world in his attempt to lead the world away from God. But Jesus has authority over Satan and his demons. Ultimately, Jesus will banish them into the hellfire 
Christ gave his disciples authority to cast out demons. In, in, in Luke 10, 7 to 20, we read this. The seven day return with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them, I saw Satan, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. For believers in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Paul writes, finally be strong in the Lord, in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world's forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of weakness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist the evil day and doing and having done everything to stand firm. Friends, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. I know you have stories about casting out demons here, there, in other places. I believe Christ has given us authority and we can do all things through him who strengthens us for his glory. Jesus chose the, belief, the disciples so that they might be with him, so that they, he might send them out, so that they might cast out and have demons and have authority over them. And then finally, Jesus chose the, the disciples. The disciples listed. Simon, he gave the name Peter. James, the son of Zebedee, and John and his brother. The son of Thunder, Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew, and Thomas and James, the son of Aphios, and Tavios and Simon the Zealot, and Judah the Ascara, who betrayed Jesus. A pastor got through preaching one Sunday, and one of the members went up to him, Pastor, why did Jesus choose? Judas Ascara, when Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him. Why? Why did Jesus do that? And the pastor said, well, I don't know. But I don't even know why he chose me. I don't even know why he chose me. These men that Jesus chose to be with him, he chose them to join him in his mission, to make the Father known 
to men, to announce the kingdom, to call people to repentance and faith in him. The disciples turned the world upside down in care on that mission. And you know what? They did so on a daily pressure, even to the point of some of their deaths. We are called to care on that same mission, to preach Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, and to call people to believe in him for their salvation and to disciple believers into spiritual maturity. That's the calling of the church. That should be our focus, and that's our priority. This year, we'll be seeing a lot of groups, hopefully, a lot of group connected. We've, Pastor Mike has been telling us to form groups and thank God, by God's grace, those groups will be formed. But we will not just be formed just for a group's sake, to sit in a group and study the Bible. But we'll be encouraged to reach out and share this gospel. People, people need Jesus. And the time, time is fleeting. May God help us maintain our focus on the work he has called us to do in the midst of daily pressure and persecution. Let us be diligent in soul winning. If you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ. Oh, what a, what a great time to do that this morning. Just a dear Jesus. I receive you into my life. Make me a new person. Your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And what a great day we will all meet in heaven, a day of rejoicing, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. But we can't just sit. Many, many, many people need the Lord. Let us be faithful to that end. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that you did not get discouraged of what the authority was doing to you. Everywhere you turn, Lord, they try to stop you, even to the point of wanting to destroy you. But you kept your focus. You kept ministering. You call it 12 and empower them to go. And Father, because of their faithfulness, we are here today. We, to, we receive the gospel, the good news. And now it is our time to go out. Bless us. In Jesus' name, amen.